0: You know, um, right, the podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports, media, and entertainment. Nick Durst here along with Joe Calabreson. Yo, Joe, listen, everybody loves the acclaimed, and today we have a critically acclaimed fantasy sports analyst or expert, whatever you want to call it, uh, with us so <laughs> I just want to let everybody know who we have as a guest.
1: Yes, he is more well known as, I guess, one of the godfathers of fantasy sports and fantasy baseball. Uh, He's a pioneer. He is somebody who has seen the growth of fantasy sports uh, through a bunch of different mediums, first in print, uh, then when the web started getting bigger through online digital stuff and um, through sports radio and sports broadcasting, right? So, uh, very happy to have him on. We get to pick his brain uh, about some of the early days of fantasy sports and what it's eventually grown into. Uh, we welcome Lenny Melnick to the show, Lenny. Yes. Uh, yes. As, as tech savvy as you are, uh yes. you're Here with us today. How are you?
2: Well, I'm having a bad day. Tell you that right now. I'm uh, having a very bad day, and here's the reason. I woke up this morning and I discovered that today is the 85th birthday of Jerry West. Now to me, Jerry West, you know, I'm a big, in addition to being, you know, living in New York, I've always been a Knick fan. I would go to Madison Square Garden where the place would be packed, everybody screaming. And you know what they used to scream at Madison Square Garden? And they, I think they still do, but they would scream defense. That was the Knicks with Bradley, DeBusher, Reed, Frazier, Monroe. Are you kidding me? It couldn't be any better. The greatest team in the history of the NBA right there. Now, the reason I'm upset is because I've come to realize, as many Knicks fans have, in 1960, the New York Mets could have had Jerry West, a a New York Knicks, uh, and they, they didn't get him. And the reason they didn't get him was that they won too many games down the stretch. They were absolutely ready for the number one pick. The number one pick was Oscar Robertson, but he was, in those days, they had a territorial pick. So he went to University of Cincinnati. So Cincinnati Royals automatically got him. But then, same thing with Jerry Lucas, but then the Knicks could have had him. And they won too many games down the stretch. And the Minneapolis Lakers took Jerry West. And that would have changed the entire New York Knickerbocker uh, history. And, of course, the Knicks fans weren't upset. Because we got a big 6'7", uh, 6'10", All-American center. So how bad could that be? You want to know how bad it was? It was Daryl Imhoff. Okay? So instead of Jerry West... We got Daryl Limov, and today i mean, I still think of Jerry West as the young kid, 1960, with Oscar Robertson had to be the greatest backcourt in the history of anything, and uh, it was our 1960 Olympic team. But I'm upset when seeing Jerry West at age 85. Forget about it. I'm not ready for that. But that's it. I'll, well, I'll recover.
0: Lenny, anytime the Knicks. Are picking right after you that means is a good thing i mean steph yeah. curry <laughs> yes John Morant. I mean he's got off-court yeah. issues but you're right the knicks are there the pick before is
2: usually golden yep that's very true and the knicks have uh but i'll tell you if they would have drafted jerry west in 1960 the entire franchise would have been different that's what i'm gonna
0: say absolutely so Lenny, rumor has it, you know, you were there when the rotisserie chicken was being made and rotisserie baseball started off, not if that's sure or not, but when did you start playing fantasy sports?
2: Well, uh, you can look up the year, but I can tell you, I remember it by my partner was Irwin's Willing. Who's Irwin's Willing? He should be in the Hall of Fame, but Irwin was my accountant. And he would go around, and, and finally he asked me if he could do my taxes, and he did my taxes. And then every year we would meet to do my taxes until one day, he says, "You know, I'm reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about this game that they're playing. It's called uh, rotisserie uh, baseball. You want to? You know baseball, any?" So after seeing Irwin once a year to do my taxes for so many years, we went for I'll say 15 years without missing a day of speaking to each other every single day. And that's the truth. We spoke to each other about this game called rotisserie baseball. And of course, in the beginning, we had a big problem, the big problem. And there were a couple of people behind it. uh, You know, I was there, but I wasn't in court with the guys to get the use of the stats. One for four, two for four. The Major League Baseball would not release the stats to play fantasy baseball because they felt we were making money on it and it was their property. So as a result, they had to go to court, and a couple of people did a great job, and and that's really how it started. Lenny, what is
1: your fantasy? Uh, your favorite fantasy sport to play? Because I mentioned at the top. Uh, You are one of the pioneers when it comes to baseball, playing through baseball in the earliest days. Uh, So what did you, uh, you started in baseball. What did you go into next? Uh, What do you play even to table? What is your favorite uh, of all the fantasy games, of all the fantasy sports to play?
2: Well, first of all, to answer the last question, I believe I first started playing formally in 1985 because I went into Irwin's house for our first meeting. And I walked into his house. He's sitting on his couch. And I said, Benito Santiago. So every once in a while, I look him up to find out when his first year was. I think it was 85, maybe 83. And that's how I, I remember when I started. And who? Who? He said who? Benito, who? Well, we, I bought the Bill Mazurowski fantasy baseball magazine, which uh, to me, in spite of all the great stuff that's out there, is without a doubt the best fantasy baseball magazine ever. And they talked about Benito Santiago. And uh, when I walked into Irwin's house, and we are two big baseball fans, he said, what? Who, who, what? He had no idea who he was. And it took a couple of years for people to figure out who he was. But uh, so I first started playing. Oh, I played everything. We played uh, I'll tell you what when I was in uh, oh, when I was 10 years old now this is unofficial but this is the truth my next door neighbor I lived in Fresh Meadows Queens and when you lived in Queens in the day of the Giants the Dodgers and Yankees it was in your blood I mean absolutely all you and here's the thing all you cared about in your entire life growing up was you um, Your favorite baseball team, your fantasy team, and your baseball cards. That's it. I graduated high school with a 77 average. And uh, most of my friends thought I was a genius. Okay. But uh, because all you cared about was that. But yeah, we started playing. And when I first started, I played everything. And I like basketball the best, actually. Because when you're playing basketball and you're watching a basketball game, Everything counted: a steal, an assist, a block, a turnover. Everything was a category and part of the game. I since went to play fantasy hockey, uh, which we play. I played everything, played fantasy football, but baseball turned out to be my real love when everybody started getting into the industry. Very few gravitated to baseball. The reason. And I'll tell you the reason. I tell people what I do every day to keep up as an analyst for fantasy baseball. And that is, I read every out-of-town newspaper every single day, every day. I go to Rotowire. They have a place called Local Papers. It takes you to the sports section of every team housing a Major League Baseball team. Now, the answer that I got in explaining this to people was Lenny, that's a lot of work. Now, when they use the word work, you're out, find something else to do because you, I call, it's the most pleasurable time of my, and even when I had uh, my own business, I used to get up at 4 a.m. just to read one hour of the the, uh, uh, local papers, I would come back in the middle of the day, read another hour, and then at the end, but people would say, that's a lot of work. If you call it work, find something else to do. But I played all three sports, and then everybody started gravitating to football. And you know something? I'm not going to knock anybody, but when I tell people you want to find something different, they all talk about the same thing. Some are better than others. There are some very good ones, but for the most part, it's nobody's willing well look uh i made the time and now i have the time very few people have three hours a day to devote to studying and people say well lenny you do an hour podcast bull dinky and poppycock is what i say to that it's one hour on the air but i spend every single day now i'm going to tell you the most important thing you will ever hear right now okay I get up at 4.30 a.m. every day, and I'm retired. Why do I do it? So I can prepare three hours for my podcast, and I will tell you, here's the most important thing you will learn. Anybody who gets up at 4.30 in the morning and can't wait to start his day is one of the wealthiest people in this country. Okay, If you could just think that, and I tell kids when I go to career day at my daughter's school, If you could make a hundred thousand a year, just throwing out numbers, doing something you hate, or fifty thousand doing something you love, you gotta really think about it. Something you love every day makes you a wealthy man. Some wise words there, Lenny. What would you say
0: is your least favorite fantasy sport to play? Whether that's just it's a drag or it's too difficult, too much time to it. Which which sport? Do you, you play, but you're just not the biggest fan of?
2: Well, I'm going to have to answer you by saying one of the things that's changed my life. And, and when I grew up, I told you about the Knicks. I would go to the Knicks. I'd go, My first accomplishment as a seven-year-old that I was so happy with, I was so proud, I knew every number on the Rangers, starting with Gump Worsley, Andy Hebbenton, uh, Bill Gatsby, uh, the whole, I knew every number, and I still know a lot of them, okay? But uh, since then, and of course, with the Knicks, with Braun and Gallatin and uh, and Ray Felix, and I would go to the games and love them. I'm not a fan anymore of sports the way I used to be. I spend 365 days a year. It's not that I have anything against the other sports. I had just have fallen in love with baseball and by 10 o'clock in the morning any day i know more about fantasy about major league baseball in terms of every team than anybody in the country and you can put peter gammons in that or anybody now after 10 o'clock they catch up to me because i've read all the out-of-town newspapers but i i just love it so much that to me it's a passion that's why I do a podcast. I do a podcast seven days a week. That's seven, including today. We did a podcast on Memorial Day. I do it every day, and I don't charge for it. And they say, Lenny, you got 20,000 followers. If you charged everybody a dollar a year, you'd make yourself20,000 dollars. I say it's not about the money. It's for the love of the game. Once it becomes money, it's a whole new thing. But I, we have a chat room. Every day people come, and it's turned out to be that chat room turned out to be the greatest accomplishment that I've ever had, including owning a business for 40 years. Because the chat room, we get about 25 people every day, same people every day. We get others, but I'm counting the solid core 25. They all know each other like we're family. We get we each get up. We meet at nine o'clock, and if somebody says I'm going to uh, I'm going to um, Philadelphia next weekend, all right? Somebody in Philadelphia, I live in Philadelphia. Let's go have a beer, and they get together. We've become a family, and it was not designed that way, but I love it. And every year, Andrea and I, and here I find a girl. I'm an, I'm doing a podcast on Blog Talk Radio you familiar with Blog Talk? Yes. And there's a chat room. And there's this girl in the chat room. Oh, Andrea Red Sox fan. Now, forgive me, ladies. I In that day, it's changed. I didn't believe that any female knew as much baseball as this Andrea the Red Sox fan. So I presumed it was a male just advertising himself as a female. So I called them out. And I said, call me after the show. I want you to be my guest. And Andrea, the Red Sox fan, called me. And it was a female. I couldn't believe it. And then I saw her picture. And that took away all the pressure. Because nobody that beautiful is going to be interested in a little old fat guy like me. Okay? No way. So there was no pressure. And after a year and a half, now here's an, this is an unbelievable thing. But I can document it. She says to me, "I'm going to be away for about ten days." I said, "So am I." This is a year and a half of talking on the phone every day. She said, "I'm going to a thing called the First Pitch Forum in Arizona." I said, "Are you kidding me? I'm speaking there with Ron Chandler," and I saw her there, and that was it. That was it. When Bryce Harper was drafted in the uh, in the draft. Uh, she was in New York for the first day. And I said, you want to go see Manhattan? This is what she said. I said, would you like to?" I mean, she lived in in Portland, Oregon at the time, from California. She wanted to just drive around Manhattan and take a look at, you know, Manhattan? She said, no, I want to see Bryce Harper get drafted. And that's what we did. So I met her. She does the podcast with me. Uh, uh, during the week we have the best show in the history of radio called The Lady and the Legend Sirius Radio doesn't think it's the best show so they fired us but that's another story and uh, and there you go that's the whole thing it's a long answer to your simple question yes I very, only do baseball.
1: very serendipity uh, a lot of things are eventually meant to happen and it's great that you turned uh, the chat room and you turned a following into a family, uh, that makes it all the better. Again, you know, you wake up, you feel wealthy. You know, It's the oh. greatest thing ever. So you started playing in 85. So if my math is correct, you've been playing fantasy sports for almost 40 years, right? Okay. okay. Over the years, uh, how many fantasy championships have you won?
2: Well, before I get into that, and I'm proud of that too, when I was seven years old, and this counts to me seven years old okay i was uh, that was in 1954 okay and i played my next door neighbor whose name was ben Cohn. he's passed away we played a penny a point for stolen bases home runs and wins we would take robin roberts don newcomb richie ashburn and he would take a few i would take a few and that was very unofficial and ben if you were still alive, I'd collect the thirty-six cents so that you still owe me. But uh, you're not, so I'll, I'll I'll let it go. But uh, to me, I was the first fantasy baseball player in history, based on the penny a point. Okay, uh, and of course, I forgot your question. What was it? Oh, how many <laughs>
1: fantasy championships have you won? Oh
2: well, I won. I won the Labor League, uh, led by um, uh, uh, Steve Gardner. Uh, I was in the first Labor League draft, by the way, which was remarkable. We had uh, uh, 30 people on an AT&T phone hookup, and it was an auction, In auction. This is Melnick going $8. Next to who? Melnick, $8. Next guy, $9. $10. And it was very funny. You know Keith Olbermann?
0: Of course. All
2: yes. right. Of course. He was in the draft and we're getting ready to draft. Keith Overman's a very nice guy, very funny guy. And we start drafting and we throw out Roberto Kelly. And Keith Overman, all right, come on, guys, let's go. Come on, guys. Keith Overman said, I thought this was nationally. Roberto Kelly was with the uh, uh, Yankees and he thought it was nationally. He had to quit. He says, I didn't I didn't prepare for the National League, but fortunately we had extra people and that, so we played. So I won the Labor League twice. I've won Talent Wars twice and, uh, and my home leagues. I've won plenty of those, but that's, you know, it's all about the fun of it, okay? And I've had more fun than anybody. Now, when Andrea and I, we take three months off during the course of the summer we get in the car and we just drive around the country and what do we do we meet the people who support us on the radio we meet the people and i would say 3000 people have my telephone number wow and they call, and i get questions every day but of the of all the people who have my phone number i have never been abused by it people call they respect they always send me a note. Can I call you today? And they have a question. And to me, it's been my, this is my life. I mean, after 10 o'clock, my podcast is over, but then the questions all begin. And it's just crazy. And to me, the real expert is the guy, when you ask him a question, has the ability to say, I don't know. The problem with today's expertise is that everybody thinks they know everything and they feel they have to answer every question. All right. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's, an, that's another story. But yeah, so I've been playing. All, I only play baseball now. It's the sport that I love to play. And I've gotten the most activity. And you see, it's I'm 76 years old. And I got to tell you, I spend a whole day doing baseball. I did one this morning on Memorial Day. We had a fantastic turnout. I didn't expect anybody on a Memorial Day Monday, and, and which reminds me, I am so angry at baseball. Memorial Day, everybody should be playing a doubleheader.
1: Nobody's playing.
2: Double- well, who else,
1: you know who else actually said that? Um, so what Nick and I do is we record these episodes in advance
2: yes. because
1: the content of it, we don't want it to, you know, be too ah. good in any way. But for purposes of this, I I think it it makes sense to at least announce Memorial Day as we're recording. Memorial Day Monday as we're recording this. Uh, The great uh, Mike Francesa legitimately tweeted on Twitter almost word for word exactly what you just said. And the problem is, I'm a Yankees fan. They're playing in Seattle tonight, but they're playing at nine o'clock in Seattle, and the Mets are off today. So there is no baseball game. To take Until 9.30, 9.30
2: tonight but,
1: for the Yankees. But there's no game here in New York. Oh, really? The weather is beautiful outside. Are there's, you kidding me? To take advantage of. So sorry to cut you off there, buddy.
2: Yeah,
0: Same for Fourth of July. They always get uh, the teams off, off days.
2: You said sorry to cut you off, and that reminds me of my bris. When that's what the um, that's what the rabbi said. But that's another story. Okay, but he, he, he talked about Mike Francesa. I remember driving in my car listening to wnew radio it was a um, country uh, music station susan waldman comes on and says now switch your dial to 660 we're going to announce the beginning of wfan radio and to that that started me that put me in a different world and the great one of the greatest days of my life was when ann liguri you you familiar with ann Great tennis, great golf, great person, calls us up, me and Erwin, and says, Would you This is, we were the only ones doing any kind of podcasting about baseball. And she asked us to come into the studio on Friday nights because on Friday afternoon, she'd play golf with her sponsor, Callaway, and she needed somebody to answer the baseball questions. I sat in Mike Francesca's chair. Right. Every Friday night for a couple of summers. And to me, there's no bigger thrill than what I experienced then. No doubt about it. Magical. Oh, yeah. It's actually, it was Don Imus' chair. Wasn't Francesa at the time, but go ahead. No doubt about it. So
0: when and how did you start getting paid to
2: cover fantasy sports? Well, that's why. I'm not doing it at serious radio anymore. But uh, the point, when did I start? I started getting paid uh, 15 years ago when I started working at Sirius Radio. I think I got, I did work on MLB radio. I, you know, I don't even remember when I got paid. And what I did, believe me, it didn't change my life. But when Sirius Radio told us they couldn't pay us, I had uh, that, that I wasn't going to do. One of the problems with fantasy, you see, One of the reasons Erwin quit was early on, we campaigned to run fantasy baseball and run the leagues and run the the whole spirit of the game. Uh, uh, We didn't get that position. And that angered Erwin so much that he actually dropped out. I didn't. But one of the problems with the fantasy industry is this. It's one of the high, it's one of the biggest growing industries around the last couple of years. But very few people make any money. There are too many writers and too mm-hmm. many people that are willing to work for free. And I take the position if you have a website that's making money and you hire a writer, you must pay them. Yeah. You must. And the reason that they don't have to pay him is that there's always somebody standing behind that guy who'll take the job for nothing. And I understand that, but um, it killed the industry. Because now you find me a regular website besides CBS or NBC or ESPN that's making money on fantasy baseball, you won't find it, in my opinion. I don't have actually asked around but it's not an industry where anybody has been making money on a regular basis. And it's, it, it's not good. Not no. good. And there's a lot of, there's
0: a lot of websites to take advantage of, you know, we'll say college kids looking for experience or people like that and they don't pay them. And it's a real shame. because they It should never happen.
2: Money. I wanted to start um, something for the people now they had a i forget what you call it they had an industry guideline but it was mainly for the websites and the gambling and the stuff but for the people there's nobody representing the people and nobody should be right now if you have a like on my website i don't charge for it so if somebody wants to write for free it's not it's not a big deal but if you're making money you yeah. must share it with the people that are helping you make that money. It's to me, it's a crime, Absolutely. and it should never happen. Totally
0: agree. So, SiriusXM, yeah, they claim they they're not making money. We know they're making money, and sure. but they're always doing layoffs. It didn't end good for you, but how? Tell us about the start. How did you get approached with that opportunity? To, well,
2: to- again, and this has been the remarkable thing about my career. Uh, I mentioned Ann Liguori. She called me. She heard my show with Irwin that we were doing on Blog Talk Radio. And she asked us if we would come in on a Friday night. You guys know your baseball. You're in New York. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Driving to FAN on a Friday night, knowing I was going to be on all night with Ann. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I My kids are not here right now. So I could say that's the biggest thrill of my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to say it's my kids, but uh, you know, and then the same thing happened. Sirius radio called me, Steve Cohn called me because he heard, he heard my show and he wanted to know if I wanted to do it. And yes, I did. And I didn't ask him how much money I was making, but they had a stand and they gave it to me. And I took the position. I said, Steve, any day you want any night you want, all day. I once did a 24-hour podcast. Wow. I mean, with no co-host, no callers, no commercials, I talked for 24 hours straight about baseball. Now, I was smart. I started it at 9 o'clock at night. So the overnight wasn't so bad for me as far as staying awake but I did it from nine at night till nine at night the next day. I got, uh, I'll tell you what, I, wish, I I don't have it on tape, some, but still it was just another one of my big eyes. But it, it, it's never been the money, but it's only fair. If you're making money for somebody else, you got to pay. Now, serious. I don't know what their story was. You know, it goes that every every different station over there is a station on its own. And the the fantasy sports channel is among those that have not been doing well. I mean, and the reason for that is because of gambling, okay? Uh, The gambling part, and I have something to say about that, but I'll keep my mouth shut until you ask me. The the gambling part to me has been a major factor in, in taking a lot of things away from us, okay? Uh, it's easy to talk about gambling, but in today's day where you can hardly put food on your table to think of how many people in this country could stand to lose $500 in a year. Yeah. It's not right. Now, what I did on my radio show on Sirius and we got in a two hour show this, and I could document this. We got 20 calls in a two hour. We couldn't even take all the calls. The reason we had a contest called the Genius of the Day Contest. Sounds pretty good. If I called it Trivia Contest, nobody would have called. We called it Genius of the Day, and what happened was the calls. And I said you could win a prize that could change your life. Mm -hmm. Would you call? If you could answer the question, would you call? And the and, and the uh, prize was and I didn't lie, the prize was a one dollar lottery ticket. All right, Sounds that could change yeah. your life. It only cost me a buck. All right, and then we and then we gave away Lenny Melnick autographed baseballs. Now that cost me a fortune to get the balls and to mail them. And then people started saying we don't want Lenny Melnick autographed baseballs anymore. We want Andrea Lamont wrote a lady autograph baseballs and and, and that's what it started coming to and we had to buy more baseballs uh but uh, so anyway that's that's the story with that and like I said nobody said more fun than me right
0: so Lenny do you think legalization of sports gambling in many states in the United States will ultimately lead to the downfall of fantasy sports popularity
2: yes yes and I, I think it'll lead to a downfall of a lot of things but Uh, I think the states have realized now that uh, because of the economics, not just of the game, of life, they need to uh, support all kinds of drugs and all kinds of uh, gambling for the taxes that people pay. And, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I don't have to, you know, love it. But that's what I think. You take a look. You know, everything is taxed and the gambling is taxed but it takes away the true love of the sport in my opinion but then again i grew up in the 50s where baseball was in my blood do you know that growing up in the 50s you picked your friends based on the team they rooted for and that's true i didn't have one yankee fan smart right? guy smart kid right yeah well and, and but that's when the love of the game really grew inside me and it hasn't left. I'm so lucky. I feel the same way. That's why I do my baseball podcast. I don't have to do it seven days a week. I could do it five. I could do it three. Yeah. Most people do it one or two. But I do every day. And I love it. It's for the love of the game. Not for the money. Not for anything else. And like I said, we travel around the country. And we meet all the people. I have... Uh, Eighteen, I don't know. I got thirty thousand followers if you combine Twitter and Facebook and uh, and my website and stuff, thirty thousand total. And we try to say hello to everybody. Lenny,
0: how difficult was it for you when the Dodgers and Giants left New York, and how excited were you, or were you excited when the Mets became a team?
2: Well, when the, Giant, when the Dodgers and Giants, I've always was a Vince Scully fan. I mean, Vince Scully to me, and he, he kept going until a couple of years ago. Yeah, And then he passed away. But my real hero in sports was not an athlete. My real hero in sports was a fellow. I don't even know if you know who he is. His name, Les Kiter. Sound familiar? les kiter oh, so, was a Keiter. politician or something no <laughs> les so Kider. when the giants went to san francisco les Kider rebroadcast the giant baseball games back to new york but he wasn't at the game he was sitting in a studio and i somewhere and this is what he did because i became friends with Les Kider. Uh, he used to say, and "Mays rounding third, heading for home. It's Mays the ball, Mays the ball, Mays the ball. He beat the ball, he beat the ball." But that was Les Kyder. and then he announced the home run. Here's the Le- pitch on the way. There's a long drive for Les. <laughs> <laughs> That's Les Kiter, and he became my broadcast hero. He used to do the Knicks. He used to do the Giants. And um, to me, Les Kiter. When I had Les Kiter on my show, it was the only time. I was ever nervous. And my Mm -hmm. partner comes up to me and says, are you okay? I said, yeah, why? He says, you look nervous. I've never seen you like this. Les Keiter was our guest. And to me, a hero. His voice, nobody could duplicate. And he just made every game sound so good. He did the Floyd Patterson, Ingemar Johansson fights that were on the radio. And uh, just a phenomenal guy and deserves much more credit than he got.
1: That's a good story. So Lenny, you sent us your bio before we started this a couple of days ago. Uh, on the bio is a list of other accomplishments uh, throughout your life, throughout your career. So uh, we want to talk to you about a couple of them. Uh, first, being the author of the Control the Draft Formula. Yes. How did that ultimately
2: materialize? Just Erwin and I spoke every day. Irwin was always my partner at the beginning. And we came up with a control of the draft, uh, but in the auction format mainly. And that is, is that every time a player is, is bid, if you, you predict before the draft, first thing you do is very simple. You make a list of all the players you think will be drafted. You put a dollar amount next to every player And if there were 10 teams in a 260 league, it has to add up to $2,600. If it doesn't, you got to tweak it. And then as the draft starts, if you have a $10 player who went for 12, it's plus two. If you have a $15 player uh, who went for 20, now it's plus seven. And the name of that game was controlling the draft because the players that were not picked, if you have a plus 50, or 75, you know that the players who were not picked have to go for less than you haven't predicted for. There's just not enough money. And that's basically the control of the draft. I still use it to some degree. And I got to tell you, very proud of that. Because it's all common sense. And yet very few people even understand it to this day.
1: (laughs) Were there ever instances where you felt like you had to bid more on a player because you wanted that player uh, and
2: you kind of made up for it a little later on? Oh, sure. And that's why you say the control of the draft where plus I 85. We know that the players have to go for less so I can go for more on this guy. Well, um, another thing in that control of the draft, if you have a $35 player, let's say, right? Uh, you throw out, throw out a $40 player first. Now, if that $40 player goes for $35, You know you can throw out your $35 player who's not as good as the $40 player in your mind because you're not going to pay more. So there's a lot more to the control of the draft. But of course, there are always players that mean something. And sometimes you have to go. Now, in the auction format, I will never spend money on a closer. And the reason is to get two closers will cost you about $25, right? For two decent closers. That'll put you in the pack in closing saves. But if you take that $25 and put it on a $1 pitcher who could hurt you, now you got a $26 pitcher who's going to help you. And somewhere along the line, you'll get a closer just to get a couple of saves. Now in the uh, in the snake draft, uh, I'll do something different. I will wait in the snake draft, until you look around and there's really nobody left that really matters all the players start to even out at about the halfway point there may be one or two that give you the stolen basis and remember it's all about categories it's not about players names uh but then when it starts to even out and there's nobody who makes a big difference that's when i'll start drafting closers if i do
1: yeah, well, I, I tend to see closers, the best ones usually start to go in a tropical snake, 10 to 12 team draft, four, five, six, right? So yeah. I agree with you. I've always had the same philosophy on on closers. So um, going down now, the list of your accomplishments, uh, voting 2009 internet most popular personality, right? Yeah. Uh, Nick and I have gotten uh, to know you well here in this podcast so far. Uh, so how, does, how did it feel being voted the, the most popular personality well it
2: caused me a lot less than I thought it would okay paying people off and uh, so that look I mean I forget who oh gee it was now I'm upset I forget the fellow's name who sponsored that but it's just how it turned out I didn't even know what was going on and the next thing I know I was told I was voted uh, and, and, I, and look part of that is that part of the Part of the beauty of playing fantasy sports is the people who play. And I have made more, like I told you, we have seen well over a thousand people shook their hand, bought them a beer. And I know that I could fly to any city in this country, be picked up at the airport and get taken to a game. Now, are you kidding me? And that's not me. That's the, the great people in this country who understand what we're trying to do. And that is having fun. And in today's game, this is a little hard to say. The real beauty of my podcast every day has turned out that you get to escape from the world for an hour. Without, for an hour. I mean, if 10 minutes a day, your biggest worry is Clayton Kershaw's arm I mean, that's great if you could take, but for an hour a day, you come into the chat room or you put on the the podcast and somehow everything else just disappears. It's a little sad, but that's where the beauty is. And that's the people and giving people my phone number and they call. And the tough part about a phone call is that people say, what do you think of this trade, Lenny? It's impossible. The trade that you make is not just the player you trade and the player you get. It's if you're trading a player, who's replacing him? That's important. Mm -hmm. Who's replacing that player? Sometimes you'll take a lesser player because you have a better replacement. So it's a little complicated. But all these things, look, people love to email they love to talk and so do
0: I. Perfect. So Lenny, you mentioned that you're not the best with technology.
2: Not at, if Andrew wasn't here, there's no way I'd be doing this.
0: But no you do have <laughs> a large social media following. So yeah. what is the power of social media done for you in your career here as a as a fantasy guy and how have you been able to to manage that large following you have on social media. Oh it's
2: it's easy to manage it. Look, I'm retired. So what else do I have to do in my life? Okay. But um I don't know what the power is. I have all these people. Not all of them are fantasy players, but I just enjoy mingling and that's why I spend my day. And certainly I've gotten a tremendous support from the people that have listened to me on Twitter. And let me tell you, uh, you know, if I haven't said it before to these people, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it because it's enabled me to stay in the game. And if I didn't have people showing up in my chat room every day, sending me emails every day, I mean, I'm working, except you don't call it work. This is to me, this is life. And it's what's enabled me. To get on to, and Andrea sits. She's just as good. And people ask her for emails, not me. And are you kidding me? You tell me anybody with has a better life than that. Where fifteen years ago I met Andrea, and I never knew she was that lady in the chat room who knew as much about baseball as I did. And we have a fantastic life built. Hard for anybody to imagine this. It's built around fantasy sports, <laughs> and not right. about the money. It's built around the love for fantasy sports. Answering your question, when you guys asked me to come on the podcast, forget I'll do a Les Carter for you. Great, okay. I was so thrilled to come on. My only worry was is Andrea going to be home so she could hook me up. <laughs> that was it. Lenny, Lenny, are you sure you're retired? Hold on a second, let me check. Uh it depends what you call retired. No, I'm not retired, but I don't work anymore. I I could put in 10 hours a day on fantasy sports, but that ain't work. That's the highlight of my I wish. And even when I I had a business for 40 years, I manufactured corrugated boxes. How exciting that is, right? Wow. I, but here's the other thing this is how much sports helped me. I started off as a salesman. And I said, you know, if I'm a salesman, if I'm any good, I have to find the right product. And in those days in New York, on Long Island, especially everybody was manufacturing something. As a result, everybody needed a box for the most part. You need a corrugated box to put your stuff in and ship it out. So I started selling corrugated boxes. And, When I first started, I had a three-piece suit, and I had an attaché case, and nobody would talk to me. Mm -hmm. Then I went to a George Carlin concert on a Sunday night at Carnegie Hall. Monday morning, I still had George Carlin in me. And I went out knocking on doors. I used to knock on doors. There's plenty of places to go. But this time, I walked in, asked for the purchasing person who came out, and I said, would you believe I'm another corrugated box salesman? And that guy just laughed. Okay? And I said, come on in. All right? Now, after that, I learned, rather than going to somebody's office and trying to find who my competition was, I would look around to the wall. If they had a picture of a, of a baseball player, football, I would talk Oh, he is he's a player. He's good. And I would talk all about that player. I'm going to tell you, that made my business. People would give me the order if I was a couple of dollars high because, you know, they enjoyed when I came in. And what did we talk? We didn't talk business. Mm-hmm. We talked baseball, football, but whatever. Believe it or not, that made my business. And then one day I had an idea. I used to give away a gift to people purchasing agents so I would meet. I'd give them an autographed baseball in the case. It cost me a fortune, but it was my investment rather than a suit and tie. Okay. I gave away an autographed baseball and they put it on the desk. The autograph was Lenny Melnick. Okay. And I said, if a salesman comes in, looks at your autographed baseball and says, he was a good player, kick him out. You know, he's a liar. And I got to tell you, I got calls from people, Lenny, and they didn't even know me. Lenny, the guy thought you were a baseball player. uh, Well, he's full of crap. Okay, And that generated a sort of friendship that got me more business than I could handle. I then went ahead and opened up my own manufacturing, small, but that's how I got started. And I made it last for 40 years.
0: Tremendous! Love the strategy. I hope I think Joe is taking notes. He's looking to get into sales. So
2: oh yeah, Joe and talk also in my office, my office walls look like an eighteen-year-old. I had pictures. I didn't have. I had pictures of baseball players, yeah. football players. I framed them. The truth is, a lot of those pictures were put up because I put my, I put my hand through the wall. So I, you know, I didn't want to fix it. I just covered up the hole. I used to have a little temper. But I used to, I still do. But I had baseball pictures all over the place. So people would come in. My greatest pictures that got me the most business because people who I didn't know came into my office and left hysterical laughing was when I I had a full page picture of Mickey Mantle headlining the Daily News. Full page picture of Ted Williams, uh, no, Joe DiMaggio, headlining the Daily News. And I autographed them. I forged their autographs, Mm. framed it, put it up on the wall. Well, people made offers, except when they realized it was a front page of the Daily News announcing their death. So how could somebody autograph a front page announcing his death? When wow. people realized what I had done, goofing on them, <laughs> I thinking I wanted I made them an offer for a picture that uh, was autographed announcing Mickey Mantle's death, signed by Mickey Mantle. Are you kidding? But that broke the ice and enabled me to get a customer. All that about happened. sports. It absolutely happened. absolutely happened.
0: Good stuff. So Lenny, in your in your life or your career, yes. or your fantasy, what would you say is your you know, I'm right. Moment. We I mean by that is a time or place where you wanted to pursue something. You ask somebody for advice, and they said, "Lainey, that's an awful idea. Don't do that." And you were like, "You know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Ultimately, you'll see why it is that I'm
2: right." Well, when I told people I was coming on this podcast, that's exactly what they said. "What are you kidding me? Who are these guys? What are you kidding? To waste your time? It's a beautiful day." Now, uh, you know what? People don't. People haven't said anything to me because they know that the craziest stuff will come out of my mouth. And then, I mean, come on, an autograph, a Lenny quarter autographed baseball. Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, a, a Mickey Mantle autograph announcing his death. What, are you kidding me? Nobody's going to say, great idea, Lenny, great idea. So, you know, you got to be creative. You can't be afraid to do things if you're going into sales. You can't be afraid to be a little different. The worst thing that anybody can do is be the same as everybody else. And I proved that at the beginning. I used to wear a three-piece suit. I was Mr. Melnick, shake my hand, nothing. But the day that I talked about sports as the opening salvo was the day I made it for 40 years.
1: That is a great piece of advice. I'm going to take it to heart. And as I start to transition into other aspects of my life, um, I won't be afraid to do this, and I don't think I'm afraid to to do it to begin with. Next, so, Joe, why don't, don't you? No,
2: you, don't, you just don't know. You don't until you do it. You don't know. But don't be. Don't leave anything. Don't leave anything
0: out. Joe, why don't you send Lenny an autograph, Joe Calvary's baseball? I have one already. I have one. <laughs> Lenny signed it for you. <laughs> I signed it.
2: <laughs> Lenny, right.
1: we thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Um, it is nice out in New York, so um, hopefully it's nice out where you are. Yes, yeah. it is.
2: Going. I'm already well tanned, all right? Can you see?
1: Yeah, I see that. I see that. Go out, enjoy the day. Uh, unfortunately, it's a spoil to everybody who listens to us. Wow, we finally know when we're recording an episode, but uh, thank you again for doing That's We appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully, we'll stay in touch and if there's anything else you would like to say, we always give
2: our guests the last words. The last word is thank you. and The name of the game, Enjoy your life because it just doesn't happen. Money is not always the answer. If you love what you do every day, I'll take less money for that privilege rather than take more money for something that I hate to do. So that's I leave you with that. Thank you. All uh, right.
0: Tremendous. Thank you very much, Lenny. If you want to see more about Lenny, he's on social media. He's got the website, he's got the podcast. All you got to do is search his name on Google. Everything will come up right at the top.
2: Uh, Nine o'clock every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time. The chat room is just, fun. it's not just me that you're going to be listening to. We have people in the chat room, the most knowledgeable fantasy and sports fans I have ever met. And everybody will be happy to talk to you.
0: All right. There you have it. Thank you so much, Lenny, for your time. This is going to do it for this episode of You Know I'm Right. For our very special guest, Lenny Melnick. For my co-host, Joe Calvary, I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right.